0: The following is a clip from New York Times Magazine, March 20th, 1994, from Stephen Ray.
1: I didn't realize that I was having sex with aliens until just a few months ago. Peter Faust is saying over coffee in the living room of his Watertown, Massachusetts home. Things unfolded. It went from sperm samples to knowing that it
0: had something to do with hybrid children, to knowing that my sperm was somehow being used with extraterrestrials, to seeing myself with
1: an extraterrestrial female.
0: And that is Freaky Deaky. welcome back to the freaky deaky as always my name is scott and i'm joined by resident skeptic father-in-law to every single one listening to this podcast and um renowned goober i don't
1: know i would (laughs) have gone with with something like awesome possum
0: christian welcome back to the show christian you can call me christian the great scott you can christian the great scott what dare you Welcome back to the show. You guys know what you're doing here. It's Thursday. We're getting close to that weekend, everyone. You just keep hanging on. We'll get there.
1: Everybody's working for the weekend. That's right. Play a little clip of that in the
0: background. Um, now, uh, today we're talking about Alien Abductions, John Mack. we got a lot of fun stuff planned for you guys. But in the meantime... Make sure you swing by our socials. Give us a follow, give us a like, a comment, let us know what you're up to. Let us know where you're listening to the show from. It is at Freaky Deaky Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And at TFD Paranormal if you're just a little too hip and you want to be on TikTok. If you have a story of your own, paranormal, or just want to reach out and talk to the homies, it's the gang at the We are looking for listener stories. So if you're a new listener and you've got a paranormal experience, we want to hear it. And we want to share it with other listeners because we want to spread awareness and eventually convince Christian that something is real and if we have actual listener stories people that listen to our show telling you stuff that they've seen that's more likely than us just finding something on reddit or thought catalog or wikipedia you know i mean no i want i want people to prove me wrong Christian is the meme of the person sitting at the table outside a building with a sign that says something something proved me wrong exactly
1: that guy looks just like one of my friends And from that meme, that's great news. His name is Mike. Yeah.
0: And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe on YouTube to the Freaky Deaky channel. We uh, post bonus videos, all that stuff. As you know, we haven't for a couple weeks here, but we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. Exclusive YouTube content. Exclusive YouTube content. Yeah. It's like I'm a marketer all of a sudden. Yeah, sure. Okay. Pick up some fresh merch at the thefreakydeaky.com. We've got some dope-ass shirts, hoodies. Everything that is purchased from the web store helps us grow the show a little bit, whether that be uh, studio costs or.
1: The blankets are awesome.
0: The blankets are pretty awesome. Um, So, yeah, you can find all that stuff. Uh, And if you're listening on Spotify, please take a moment. Uh, Spotify has updated recently to where they now let you to give a star rating to the show you're listening to. I think you just have to listen to the show for 30 seconds or more. And if you're at this point in the episode, you've already done that so you should be able to do it. If you could just give us a five-star rating, guys, we would truly appreciate that. We like reviews. We do. And it just helps us grow the show. You know, That's what we're all about. We're trying to get the show in front of as many people as we can. If you like the show, odds are the people that you hang around would maybe like the show as well. So
1: share it, tell your friends, carry your pigeons, whatever you got to do. I wanted to thank Dustin for that opening story. Uh, You can find him on his podcast, Culture Jack, which talks about a lot of the things I like in pop culture, like Marvel and stuff like that, video gaming, movies, anything that's jacked our culture, I guess. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> great. Listen, listen to his podcast. Yeah. yeah.
0: Shout out, Dustin, of Culture Jacked for the intro story.
1: Yeah. You'll, you'll probably hear Dustin again on the podcast, either as a voice or as a guest at some point. He's a great guy. Today, we're going to be talking
0: about Alien Abductions
1: and John Edward Mack. The psychiatrist
0: who believed the abductees. Now, Christian, you put this episode together. What did, did you have a good time with it? Was it a fun story for you?
1: It, it, it had some fun parts. I, I think um, my views on abduction are going to be... The same? It's just a, a, a struggle. But when you, when you mentioned John Mack, he kind of added a new twist to the whole story. Yeah. Return of the Mac. Yeah. And then one that I I realized I was really familiar with through that time period, because that's when I was watching a lot of stuff like that. So I've heard him talk before, and it was just a a new facet to some of the stories, which I have thoughts on. But we we can get to those as we go along. Well, I'm sure we're all excited about that. You want to lead us off here? Sure. John E. Mack was a Pulitzer Prize winning author and psychiatrist that studied and interviewed people claiming to have been alien abductees. He started out as a scientist and soon found that he believed the stories he was being told about alien abduction. He would later be investigated by the university he held tenure at, mostly cleared of wrongdoing in his approach to science. But after this investigation, he was not quite as respected as he had been previously. Today we get to talk about a man, a doctor, and a developing believer in alien abductions. When he was killed in the UK, new theories arose that made it appear as if his death by drunk driver was a planned hit because he got too close to the truth. Sounds about right. Is that what you've heard about this guy? To an extent,
0: yeah. I mean, that's what you hear about a lot of people that are looking at this type of stuff and pass away. because, And that's the same for political conspiracy theorists, all that stuff. And it's just because, I guess, the odds. Maybe it seems like it's just on, it's a likely story that this person that was getting super good information about things the government doesn't want us to know just happened to pass away in like a car accident. Right. Yeah. And granted, car accidents happen all the time. So who's to say that didn't happen? Right. But for people that are very familiar with uh, or have very little faith in their government, it's probably easier to be like, oh yeah, sure. And especially because there's stories out there of the government actively doing this type of shit.
1: They have messed with people in the past.
0: Yeah. So it wouldn't be a long shot. No. To be like, oh, maybe it's the government.
1: But could it also be our human brains that are into making, finding patterns? I'm so glad you asked. No. I couldn't. (laughs) It
0: couldn't. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. (laughs) So now we've established that that's impossible.
1: You kind of threw me for a loop there. Sorry. Let me get myself back.
0: Yeah, yeah. Re- refocus, recenter. I'm right? back. Just like return to the Mac. Yes, where it
1: is, where it is, where it does, where it isn't.
0: Looking for a better way to get up out of bed, so get on the internet, check that movie. again. What is that? It's Macklemore. Okay. <laughs> so I, I was gonna, I was gonna quote the entire, the entire song, but that would be like four and a half minutes. And the only reason I know it is because my old best friend in Vegas and gay roommate, as I call him, would take me karaoke all the time, and he always wanted me to do the rap part of. Uh, Can't Hold Us by McLamar. So we were quite the karaoke duo ah. holding down E-string in Vegas with Can't Hold Us. Interesting. Every weekend, they got to the point where I was so tired of rapping that song, but I was also incredibly good at it. And
1: so- you guys probably brought cheers.
0: Uh, I don't really pay. I'm too, I'm too weird on stage that I don't pay attention to that stuff. That's probably, you'd probably get paranoid if you looked out and saw people. If I saw someone and I made eye contact with someone, I bet I'd shit myself. Yeah. And uh, who wants to listen to Can't Hold Us by someone that can't hold his own bowels? Yeah. That's pretty scary.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Think about that next time. Smell it. Thanks. I smell what you're stepping in. All right. So a little bit more about Mac. Mac graduated cum laude from Harvard Medical School. And while only a resident founded one of the nation's first outpatient hospitals, he took his social worker (laughs) bride, Sally, to an Air Force posting in Japan and once home again, introduced psychiatric services to incarcerated youth and impoverished nursery schoolers. He started the first psyche. Where did he start? (laughs) I must. That's I wonder if that sounds as weird on the recording as it did in my head when I made that sound. Oh, your little gremlin girl. Yeah.
0: He's (laughs) It's like a chain smoker.
1: Yeah. He started the first psychiatric department at Cambridge Hospital, winning a prize for a study of childhood nightmares, a field he would explore further in his first book, Nightmares and Human Conflict. His second book, a groundbreaking psych his second book, a sound (laughs) a sound breaking. (laughs) <laughs> what have you done to this sound? Let I me mean, make it a little bigger. Geez. Yeah, you should,
0: man. This What is this font? Four? Yeah. Your old eyes? The poor things?
1: His second book, a groundbreaking psychological study of Lawrence of Arabia, a prince of our disorder, the life of T. E. Lawrence, won the Pulitzer Prize for Biography in 1977. He traveled the Middle East lecturing on the Arab-Israeli conflict and going on bomb runs. "Quote unquote bomb runs." What know, did you say, prior to that? that? "Bomb runs," but it's like just weird—just going on bomb runs. Yeah, it sounds weird in that when you say Arab-Israeli conflict and going on bomb run- runs. Yeah, it does. Sound. I should throw some some credit toward Vanity Fair's Ralph Blumenthal for this. You should, especially because he came up with that bomb bomb runs. He was traveling from city to city, warning what would happen. If a one-megaton bomb exploded overhead, and getting arrested with his family at nuclear test sites, he cornered Dr. Edward Teller, the father of the H-bomb, then pressing Ronald Reagan for a Star Wars nuclear weapons shield in space. Teller denounced peacenik physicians and told Mac, "If you are not in the pay of the Kremlin, you're even more of a fool." Kind of a dig. Yeah, Just, just a little when we did our uh chronovisor episode did you have to think about it yes you know why anybody that's heard heard that episode knows <laughs> yeah, why they know they know I as well yeah. yeah um when we mentioned enrico fermi i asked well why would i automatically thought that teller might have been one of the other scientists mm. that's the type of scientist he was interesting so after the cold uh, my voice is modulating incorrectly this is the part of the show where we
0: reveal to everyone after a year and a half that you're actually ai technology you're a robot that i have somehow crafted and has turned rogue because it doesn't believe
1: anything i tell it after the cold war ended max studied consciousness expansion with stanislav groff a czech-born psychoanalyst who had experimented with lsd groff and his wife christina had developed a breathing discipline called holotropic breathwork to induce an expanded state of consciousness. In one breathwork session with Russians at California's Islam Institute, Mack recounted that he became a Russian father in the 16th century whose four-year-old son was being decapitated by Mongol hordes. Decapitated? Yes. He owed a lot to the Groffs, Mack later said. They put a hole in my psyche and UFOs flew in. Just a little disclaimer here. This this
0: subject might see the two of us travel vastly different paths. Don't worry. After the taping, we will get along. And Christian will remain correct. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. As,
1: as always.
0: As never once in his life. Uh, we will jump into some stories in a minute. Yeah. Christian, you just opened a can of worm on yourself, <laughs> man. Remember the ratio of episodes written. I can roast you to hell. <laughs> there will be consequences for this, my good man. For me always being correct.
1: I just wanted to see if I could fit that in there.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Just, I mean, it's you the you least want you me could to read do. read it off for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, you always get
0: nuggets from me. I do. Oh. <laughs> but i also i'm um, the you know judge jury
1: and executioner on on who saves these clips you know yeah i just you know i don't always have to be correct but it was funny to hear you mm-hmm. actually ho- read that i hope you enjoyed that because it's never going to happen again There okay. now there's some bullet points we can kind of go through i can go through those really quickly if you want mac bullets so we're talking about John Mack right now, just to give you like a, an idea of who he was mm. before we get into some abduction stories. Sure. And you can kind of use the perspective of who he was and how he came across these stories and how he handled them to kind of come to your own conclusion about what these stories are and what they mean to us. Mm. So, in the 1980s, he interviewed many international political figures as part of his research into the causes of the Cold War. And with Carl Sagan's and and Physicians for Responsibility, he promoted the elimination of nuclear weapons. Then, in the early nineties, he started a ten-year psychological study of two hundred men and women who reported alien encounter experiences. That's a lot of people. Yeah, in a long and in a pretty long time too. Mm-hmm. Ten years. Yeah, yeah. Not your not your typical. At least not with this subject, not what you usually get from like a psychologist or, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't. I think we've mentioned it here before, but a lot of people don't consider a psychologist necessarily a scientist. But he is a doctor, so you can argue away on that one if you want to. In a 1994 interview, Jeffrey Miss Miss Love stated that Mac seemed inclined to take these abduction reports at face value. Mac replied by saying, "Face value? I wouldn't say I take them seriously." I don't have a way to account for them so he doesn't sound like a true believer but he
0: sounds he sounds like an actual scientist uh, that wants to just take down the story learn from that yeah and
1: keep studying it take the information yeah Yeah. so that's that's a good thing in this situation Mm -hmm. even if it's kind of an unorthodox view in academic circles i think Mm -hmm. and it still is yeah in a 1996 interview with pbs he stated There are aspects of this which I believe we are justified in taking quite literally. That is, UFOs are are in fact observed, filmed on camera at the same time that people are having their abduction experiences. It's both literally, physically happening to a degree, and it's also some kind of a psychological, spiritual experience occurring and originating perhaps in another dimension. The The BBC quoted Mac as saying, I would never say yes, there are aliens taking people but I would say there is a compelling, powerful phenomenon here that I can't account for any other way that's mysterious. Yet I can't know what it is, but it seems to me that it invites a deeper, further inquiry. Hmm. So he still looks like he he means to do this the correct way. Yeah. From Nile Boyce in September of 2012 in The Lancet, Mac's former colleague and friend, Edward Kantsian, clinical professor of psychiatry at Harvard told me he was not crazy. He was a man that was guided by his interest, his searching for all kinds of truths. And I think he got caught up with the faulty instrument. The faulty instrument hypnotic regression was a t- technique that Mac put absolute faith in to help his patients recover memories more clearly than conscious recall. It was a view that put him at odds with the weight of evidence as Professor Chris French of the Anomalistic Psychology Research Unit of Goldsmiths College London told me. That is a weird research unit. Goldsmiths College? Anomalistic Psychology Research Unit. Sounds like a
0: dope unit to be a part of. APRU for short. Wouldn't that be like paranormal research? Yeah. Damn, how do I sign up for that shit? (laughs) I need a doctorate or something? Maybe, I
1: guess so. Damn well that's not happening yeah the problem with hypnotic regression is you get pretty much what you expect to get if you go into a session expecting to recover memories of alien abduction that's most likely what you're going to get if you go in thinking you're going to recover past life memories of being mary queen of Scots, then that's what you'll get but as far as both the harvard administration and the scientific community concern were concerned the problem with Mac was not just his belief in his hypnosis, it was what he did with it. Mm. So I think just because he was doing regressive like, memory therapy, they're like, "Oh, it's... I think regressive memory therapy is really shady and not trustworthy, and there's just so many barriers Yeah. to doing it right.
0: Would you say the same thing if it was children recounting a past life? Was, or is it just because it's people saying they've been abducted by aliens that you're like putting kind of this like, you know, weird spin on it and be like, yeah. I, I,
1: I would find it more fascinating to hear children say, and I think, and we talked about Fasc- it on the yeah, show. Yeah, fascinating is fine, but like. I don't necessarily believe it's the truth, especially, and one of the things I think, and it's mentioned there in that last little bit. Is it the person, person doing the regression tends to suggest or lead? Yeah. Well, see, that's and, the and thing. And that's it, where it's tough. You,
0: that's, that's where you get it. Are, is, are they leading these people into it? Or is it them just talking and the person or like them being like, what do you see? And the person's like, I see a bright
1: light, you know, like. And that's, that's where it's tough is yeah, you to do it correctly. You not only have to do it without being, without leading anybody. Sure. Which is hard to do because humans give off little cues No, mm-hmm. we can read and go in that direction based on just reading a certain yeah facial tick. But can I, can I say that like, I, I feel like you would be for it because you're, you
0: yourself say that memory is shit, right? Like right. it's such an untrustworthy thing. Right. Right. But maybe these things are embedded into our quote unquote DNA, or it's like, it's like the same where you have the you know stone tape theory. You can have that same thing on us. Like we have a hard drive almost to where when these instances happen, even if our brains forget it for, because that's what's best for us somewhere in the archive is that footage, you know, like, so maybe you're pulling from that from like deep within, even though your brain wants to forget that. I,
1: I I've come to believe that it doesn't work quite like that.
0: Because once you pull
1: the stuff out of there, you're going to interpret it with a modern view. You can't interpret it the same way you interpreted it when it happened. Even if you remember it perfectly, it's it's like you lose something in that time period and you can't really, because of the way our mind works and stores memories and retrieves them, it's just really hard to trust it, especially when you have somebody doing regression therapy that is so we- easy to lead you. Do we
0: know, because we, we've we established just reading about Mac as it is, that he was an honest man, right? He was a good guy. Yeah, like he, he man, genuinely he, he well. wanted this research to be provable, or to, to he wanted to make sure that he got the evidence so factually that it couldn't be mistaken as anything else. Right. And so would, do you think that someone with that personality would lead people into his answers because he knows that something like that would completely fuck up the
1: entire experiment? I think... He knows that that would mess up the entire experience and maybe he got to the point where he's almost too close to it, too emotionally involved as a, be- mm-hmm. like he's starting to believe. But he's given stories. us,
0: he's given us no evidence that,
1: like he's not, that his, I don't his think judgment would, was kind of like clouded. Or I don't think it would this. be a conscious thing. it It's just, uh, something that happens to us. What if he, okay, let's say we,
0: he said what, 200 people, right? Yes. What if he did this so often, he heard these stories so often that there was corroborating events within these different stories to the point where maybe he's like, oh, holy shit, maybe this is actually happening. Like, is it is it possible that this dude did the actual research needed for this, discovered stuff, and then started to believe it, which is the exact
1: process that you should do for something like that? Well, you can tell he did because he mentioned that there were sightings in the areas that these abductions were taking place in. Yeah. That's just good research, though. Yes. And that's even, that's what even skeptics should do is they should
0: look into it and decide for themselves if they believe it. But if they believe it, they shouldn't instantly just be, you know, done away with because, oh, this person now believes in something that's in the fringe or
1: that's, that's bullshit, man. To me, that's bullshit. That is, I I think that's a very real problem. In those like Mm. as far as you in the academic and universal university circles i think that kind of judgment makes them lose a lot of novel ideas and fresh ways of thinking yeah because they just shut down something that's outside of their their view of what could could have happened based on their expertise which is a similar memory Mm. is not always correct. let well, see if that type of behavior happens
0: in, in the science field, right? Like where people can just easily be thrown away or done away with. How can we ever trust an industry that like a uh, grant? There's good science. There's a lot of good science out there, but as a whole, how can we cherry pick these? Oh, this is good. This is bad. This is if that type of behavior happens within this academic field that well, is supposed to be all
1: research, all study, regardless of what the solution there's is. There's two different things there. There's humans. Yeah. These things happen with humans and there's science is still science. So because science ignores parts of this world doesn't mean that science is not science science likes to ignore it and then make fun of people that believe in
0: it and then when it's proven they're like oh yes we did the research and as it turns out as they're pushing their glasses up their face oh actually they were right right but it's but- not ufos it's uaps actually no fuck that dude <laughs> fuck that you you're too emotionally i am because i them. hate i hate unjust bi- like biases and that's
1: all you get from but that also
0: shit. protects that it doesn't. That group,
1: it doesn't from you've ridiculous tried ideas. Sometimes, no,
0: you've tried this before. It doesn't
1: protect it do- them. No. It does. It's excuses, but it also keeps out a lot of good ideas. It's not. It's not perfect. No, it's as good as we have right now, though. Until somebody comes up, you can't just go out and believe everybody that says they're abducted by aliens. Oh, absolutely not. Why would
0: you do that? I'm saying that if you are this individual and you've you know done, conducted two hundred studies on this, two hundred different people. 200 different abduction stories. Right. And you are the one with that data. You're the one looking this over. You're like, you get to piece that together and be like, holy shit, uh, this person had never heard this other story. Get They're saying the exact same thing happened to them, the exact same thing, word for word. So how could that be? At that point, you'd be like, oh, well, maybe they're transporting their, it's a collective brain consciousness where they're
1: sending each other the visuals. And now, dude, like if, if this was (laughs) the forties, I would maybe I've mind, I would, I would have a little bit more support. I would support that a little bit more, but since we're in the '90s, everybody in the '90s, for the most part, knew about alien abduction or heard stories about it. It was on all the shows. No, I get that. So the Hollywood version—it's not not a novel thing. Hmm. So that makes it a lot harder to study because you have a lot of people just telling stories like that. Yeah, but but see, we don't believe it. We don't know
0: that these stories are like stuff that they've seen in movies. What if it was like weird details? Like, oh, they all had us facing left and we were doing this and we had to juggle cats, you know? And they're like, oh, well, we've never seen that in a movie at all.
1: Yeah. I'm not going to argue against like John Mack at this point, because I like a lot of what he's doing. Yeah. I don't trust regression therapy. And for a lot of people, that is the major hang up. And I can see why. I think they were okay with it until then. Yeah. and. To the point where, like, everybody, all the uh, people that thought highly of themselves at Harvard complained, to the point where Harvard investigated them. Mm-hmm. And Alan Dershowitz, famous Alan Dershowitz lawyer, mm. wrote an op ed about in support of John Mack at this time because he said it was basically going to stifle thinking if you couldn't do research on something yeah. like this. And after the investigation, Harvard kept him as a teacher, kept him tenure. Tenured did the right thing in this case.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He he lost a lot of respect among a lot of colleagues at this point, though, because of what they say. Mainly, what they point at is the regression therapy. It's less about was there alien abduction or not. I think the re- the regression therapy, had, in their minds, been proven to be not not trustworthy at that point because of uh, many other instances where they've s- seen problems with regression therapy. Yeah, through his you know. Through the last probably 20 years 20 30 years before that including the whole satanic panic portion of that but see that's that's another thing entirely
0: like so i guess the question would be is if regression therapy especially what john mack was doing if he was doing it you know let's say kosher and it was the uh you know he wasn't leading them down any roads and he was simply asking questions
1: and i i think for future researchers all of this if you're gonna do these this type of stuff everything has to be video with sound Mm -hmm. That's the only way to overcome some of these things yeah where people can see what you're asking it's one thing to come out and say i asked this i asked that i didn't lead them mm. but if you record yourself not leading them maybe you know in a plain room maybe they can't even yeah. see your face or something i don't know what you <laughs> no, researchers <'cause- laughs> would have ways to protect all this stuff and make it random yeah but everything has to be accessible to not just other scientists studying this but now us in the youtube social media world we expect to see some of this stuff yeah so
0: yeah that was, a, that was a pretty long tangent for us but that's what happens i mean
1: he's a fascinating guy though it's worth the tangent
0: oh yeah he's
1: oh yeah i mean he's anti-nuclear he's very progressive for that time period Mm-hmm. And and I think people knocked him on some of that too. I mean, he was probably yeah. you know, getting arrested for protesting nuclear nuclear weapons and stuff, which is understandable at that, you know. If you if you're smart enough to know what could happen, yeah, then you should you're you should generally be smart enough to tell people. So he he did a lot of good things. Checks out. His nightmare studies. I'd love to read that on kids. Hell yeah.
0: I would love to read that on kids. Yeah. Creepy. Well, maybe we can find those. Do you think those papers are anywhere? research notes that'd be interesting to look for yeah all right should I uh, lead us into a story yes you should now, this is a reddit find from uh, user sixella so or six- something like that six six El sixella, sixella wire sorry six wire I clearly you, don't understand
1: you know who you are you've heard yeah. this butchering of your name before that's right especially since you're reddit famous now that's right we're welcome. about to be welcome
0: Uh, My fiancé and I decided to get some food and go to the beach one night. Got our food, got to the beach, and ate in the car. The time was 12.14 when we left. Now my fiancé's home is no more than a five-minute drive from where we were. Small town, no traffic. We get there, and after a minute or so, I say, That's weird. I don't even remember driving back. I must be tired. He says, I don't remember the drive back either. He then made some joke about aliens and memory loss and laughed for a second, which gave me the chills for some reason, but we both brushed it off. We checked the time as we head in, 12.45, an extra 20 to 25 minutes that neither of us remember, but don't really think too much on it at first. We start getting ready for bed and I was questioning our time loss while also trying to make jokes of it. I'm on the bed as he goes to turn out the light. There's a slight vibration in the house and then then the noise started it was it was like a humming ringing unlike anything either of us have heard it felt like it was coming from above us but it also surrounded us it was like something was right above the house it's hard to explain we froze in fear as soon as we heard it i called his name multiple times to get him to come to me because i was terrified he asked if i can hear it too i said yes it felt like forever but probably lasted 30 seconds i get chills when i think about the noise that moment my body was literally shaking in fear that night in bed it's been two months and it's something i can't stop thinking about the following day my fiance said he doesn't want to remember that night or even acknowledge it happened he says he is scared and wants to pretend nothing happened i'm also terrified but i wish i knew the truth about that night
1: that's weird yeah that's a weird one and if history tells us correctly she will never know the truth about that night.
0: Yeah, But see, that's, that's the thing with a lot of these stories is people don't even want other people to know that they experienced because they know it's so far-fetched and it's so crazy that no one will believe them or they'd instantly think like that's how far believing in this stuff has gotten you is that if you share an experience like this with close friends or family, coworkers, you're instantly labeled insane. Yeah. And like, that's kind of sad because these people were Maybe traumatized. Not. Maybe insane's
1: too strong up or just weird maybe weird's not strong enough of a word i think it goes it runs <laughs> yeah, the gamut at that point yeah but
0: like it should i don't know it sucks because then these people have been like literally traumatized by something that they can't explain
1: they have no choice but to keep it in what like if think he didn't even want to talk to her about it yeah i mean you start doubting your sanity and and then depending on how you grew up who you grew yeah. up around there's different views on people like that but in a shared experience that'd be impossible What do you mean a shared experience? A shared experience in the fact that they both heard this thing, yeah, and they both witnessed this happening, and they had missing time since it was only twenty or twenty-five minutes. So maybe they got rejected. No, I think maybe they got bagged, and maybe they just got tagged. Tag them. We'll come back. Yeah, just a bunch of geese. We we've heard all the stories about implants. We
0: have, but we've also heard the stories about twenty and backs and whatnot, where time can time is once again a man-made construct, and maybe these creatures or these aliens or whatever they are, have the ability to manipulate time. And we're getting into some pretty fringe topic with that, but the possibility remains out there, man. Nobody actually knows. And there's stories to support one of those sides. But no evidence. The evidence, I'm sure, would remain within the the witness, unfortunately, forever. That's not real
1: evidence. But it is. Evidence
0: is... For me, evidence is me visually seeing something. People are like, oh, a, I have to see it to believe it. But then if they see it, they can't be like, oh, but uh, also maybe my brain. Like, that doesn't work, dude. It's one or the other. But dude. that's exactly how the brain works. Sometimes no, things think, are seen that aren't that's actually cheating. there. That's cheating. You can't, every but, time someone, every time someone proves wrong, can't be like, but also it could be this, but it could be this. Because that's the same thing that the other side is doing, but you're rejecting that. You're being like, no, no, no. It's not brain. No, that's
1: part of the science. You got to, there's no, you
0: got to take out all the variables so if the first 20 minutes of this episode have proven alone that science is nothing but high school clicks that decide to kick out whoever they want if it doesn't align with what that's they believe not,
1: that's not science that's everywhere you go in humanity even your normal workplace but we're talking
0: about science so it's, it's science so how can we trust science if we don't trust humanity
1: it's not that you don't trust you gotta verify and you gotta verify from multiple sources and yeah. different ways so science can't just be one story against another it has can, to be so helpful. this is a simplistic episode as far as that goes yeah but there's a lot more that comes into it than this including if you say you've been abducted and a ship landed out in your yard somebody needs to come out and take evidence in your grass you know? So it can't just be a one thing. Yeah. But
0: then if you do get that evidence, it's always disputed. It's always, yeah, this is fake or
1: this is unreliable or this is this. It's always something, man. But also, um, maybe it's not real at this point yet. Maybe it'll be real in the future. Maybe we haven't actually measured things. Maybe where we've measured is where people say things have landed, but they haven't really landed there. They've landed somewhere else. Hmm. And we just don't know about it. You want the next story too, since I've been reading a lot? All right, this next one comes to us from listfirst.com.
0: One summer evening in July 1995, couples and friends, Mike and Debbie, joined Steve and Annie at their Derbyshire house for a barbecue and several drinks. The night suddenly took a bizarre and frightening turn a little after 10.30 p.m. Out of nowhere, an unusual disc-shaped craft hung over them. They watched it for several minutes before all four of them began to feel extremely nauseous. The UFO then vanished as quickly as it had arrived. Steve looked over to the barbecue that only moments before had been glowing hot. It was now nothing but gray ash. The meat burnt to a crisp. He checked his watch and was alarmed and confused to find it was well after midnight. Almost 90 minutes had passed. Over the next few days, they all began to feel generally unwell, have trouble sleeping, and an overall feeling of anxiety. The friends agreed to be hypnotically regressed, and all four told the same story. They had been taken on board the spacecraft and into a medical room where they were placed on the tables for examination. The walls were described by Debbie as being, quote, round but divided into squares, while Steve claimed he saw, quote, figures and drawings on the walls of various planets including ones from our solar system that he could clearly recognize all four of them had the same story
1: after being regressed by probably the same person the, <sighs> now if you could prove to if somehow you could have proven that you were cooking and all of a sudden you left you disappeared and left your food on the barbecue and the aliens that were smart enough to travel here didn't turn it off they probably don't care about that yeah right? probably not. if they even know i was
0: but... yeah yeah you think aliens have barbecue?
1: They probably are like, why are they cooking flesh like that? Yeah. Are like, they worshiping? God, no wonder we're pulling these yeah. mouth breathers up in the ship. Yeah. Um, that would be, if they, if they could prove that, that would be evidence. Yeah. By being regressed, it's kind of a story. Because that- you're like,
0: oh, so your take would be obviously all four of them were
1: like, this is the story. And then they went in to get regressed and then they just shared the story. I, th- I think there's not enough information to go one way or another here i think that story right there is set up specifically for the believers to believe and the skeptics to say see they were regressed i, I think that's yeah. it's it's an interesting little story because to me because of the barbecues party especially but i i think it's it's like a one of those stories that kind of means two different things to two different people and i think that that's the point of that story in this situation yeah it's like a safe story
0: So let's, let's float this over the plate for you. Let's say, actually, first of all, have you ever had missing time?
1: Not because of an alien. Not because,
0: outside of like sleep or naps.
1: There's, I'm sure there's times where I'm like, oh, where did the time go or what happened? or
0: Yeah. I'm not sure. Nothing
1: that concerns you. No.
0: Nothing where you're like, oh God, wow. Yeah. No. The only thing I remember is one time driving from California to Vegas and only remembering like 20 minutes. I've had that often. Yeah. That brain fog, that driving fog
1: like driving from a uh, autopilot yeah palmdale to like cucamonga and that's so weird i was gonna say that yeah i was gonna say oh, i've I've had a i've missed everything but like 20 minutes but that's more just kind of being in a hypnotic trance
0: yeah that's scary but, that's an entirely different kind of scary yeah but yeah yeah okay well let's say that you were let's say that you were outside queuing it up with your homies suddenly you see a disc fly above you and then Next second you look down, your your meats, they're all crisp, burnt to, to ash. What would you do? Like in that situation, would you, okay, yeah, you know what? I don't even know how to ask you that because it's too obvious that obviously you're taken by aliens. There's no way you could get out of that story if you experienced it, right?
1: It would depend on if the group I was with was were doing drugs. and what kind of drugs well what's
0: that say about you you bring over three friends just to do a bunch of drugs with you do you guys want burgers or 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 maybe
1: we all accidentally got into the opiates that were prescribed by our doctors and we just didn't know it oh we all got together and then added alcohol and had a shared experience
0: turning into like a more of a geriatric experience where you've all got opiates on you from various ailments no
1: i was calling out the fact that everybody can get like there's a big opiate problem in this country mm, to the point worth yeah yeah to where like all four of these people got together and had and had an experience but we yeah. didn't realize that all of them were prescribed the same drug by the same doctor because yeah. they're in a small town and this doctor gets kickbacks for pres- prescribing this that'd be a fun episode yeah that would be
0: i mean it kind of I mean, yeah maybe we save that for another episode maybe we do uh the opiate epidemic yeah there you go. Hey, look at that. It's like our listeners are with us figuring out episodes for the future. And also while we're at it, if you have episodes for the future or ideas that you'd like to hear us discuss, send us an email. I have a folder in the email with ideas from listeners. So if you message me on Instagram or you Facebook message me and say, Hey, do the, do an episode on this. I a hundred percent promise you, I will forget that you need to email it because I need to see it yeah. In a folder that I created and not on Instagram or social media. Sorry, the gang at the com. You know, you know where we're at. Send it in. All right, you want me to continue? Go for it. All right, this next one it takes place in Ruwa, Zimbabwe. Is this the one I was talking about yeah. last episode? Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, this took place on September 16th, 1994. 62 students aged between 6 and 12 claimed to see a silver craft land at their school. The adults on the faculty were inside having a meeting. The experience went on for about 15 minutes before the students went back to class and told their teachers who brushed it off. Classic. When many of the students told their parents that evening, their concerns brought many to the school the next day to question officials as to what had happened. The sighting was reported on ZBC Radio. Soon after the BBC's correspondent in Zimbabwe, Tim Leach, visited the school on September 19th to film interviews with pupils and staff. After investigating this incident, Leach claimed, quote, I could handle war zones, but I could not handle this. John Mack would have would arrive in Zimbabwe in November. He interviewed many of the children along with Leach and local UFO researcher Cynthia Hind, or Hind. Oh, no, it goes. It's a toss up. Could go either way. Cynthia, I'm sorry. I'm going with Hind. Hind. Hinda. Hinda. With Cynthia Hinda. <laughs> There's so, no either, so it's not. For our German listeners out yeah. there, they found that not all children saw the UFOs or aliens, but the descriptions of those that did. Was for the most part consistent. According to Max's interviews, the creature or creatures then telepathically communicated to the children an environmental message before returning to the craft and flying away. According to Dunning, this telepathic, me- this telepathic message aspect of the story was not included in Hind or Leech's reports, only Max, although Hind reported it later in mac's interviews with one fifth grader tells how he was warned quote about something that's going to happen and got and that quote pollution mustn't be oh. a little woke huh aliens yeah an 11 year old girl told mac quote i think they want people to know that we're actually making harm on this world and we mustn't get too technology. that we, means that we,
1: that's how they said it that's it. we
0: mustn't get too technology. yeah one child said that he was told the world would end because they are not taking care of the planet. The children were adamant that The children were adamant that they had not seen a plane. Hind noted that the different cultural background of the children gave rise to different interpretations of what they had seen, and they did not all believe that they had seen extraterrestrials. She noted that some of the black children thought the short little beings were ticktal ticktolishes. TikTok No, ticklo tikolocious. <laughs> they thought they were TikTok Alicious. They said, "Let me get you on this video clip." No, that sounds wrong. Oh, you are Alicious girl! Get over here. No. <laughs> the short little beings were Tikolishes, Tikolish, Tikoloshes, Tikoloshes, Tikolishes. Yeah, one of those is bound to be correct, yeah. right? Well, let's go with Tikolishes. Thought the short little beings were Tikalishes, creatures of Shona and Nabele, Debele
1: folklore, in, in Debele, De, Debele, in Debele.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's it, huh? Yeah. That's it, Christian.
1: (laughs) N-double-A. Stop it. Folklore. In December 2020, Brian Dunning devoted an episode of his Skeptoid podcast to this incident. Entity noticed that some children in school claimed they had not seen anything unusual that day. He challenged the often- Repeated claim that as rural school children in Zimbabwe, the witnesses would have not had, would have not had exposure to, to modern media, and so would not have been familiar with the concept of UFOs and alien visitors. He also criticized the interviewing techniques of Hind and Mac. Hind interviewed the children in groups of four to six with every other child allowed to listen, and so their stories were cross-contaminated. Mac only interviewed the children 2 months after the alleged sighting and Dunning says that Mac, a known environmentalist, prompted and suggested the telepathic telepathic communication angle which was not present present in Hinn's previous report.
0: Mm, interesting.
1: How does Brian Dunning know this? Um he's a scientist. They know everything. Oh yeah, let no. those check out. Doesn't make Just, yeah. <laughs> just joke. Um I I think that If you look at their materials and everything, I mean, there are issues. The kids shouldn't have been together. Yeah. And I don't think Hind was a normal. She's not. She's a reporter, not a scientist.
0: Okay. So let me ask you, do you think a reporter for something called Skeptoid might have a bias of his own that he'd like to?
1: I know from being a fan of Skeptoid that there is a bias.
0: Yeah. Well, that checks out. Number one. Yeah. Who would have thought that you would be a fan of Skeptoid?
1: Yeah. I mean. The explanations in some situations are right on. Not always. I mean, some of them are reaches. Yeah. In this case, regardless, the children being in groups is the wrong way to oh, research for sure something on, like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure on that. Yeah. The environmentalist thing that the aliens just happen to believe the same thing as Mac It's kind of
0: interesting. Do you think that far advanced yeah. beings might look down on a bunch of troglodytes and be like, "Hey, you guys are actually gonna
1: I think can die from all this shit, yeah, I think there's a good chance they could yeah. and the story has been told about how we're destroying ourselves for a long time, sure, so-
0: I think and that's something that is the very furthest thing from an environmentalist, even I think there's some things we could ease up on, like yeah. I don't, like I'm not a hippie by any stretch, but I think yeah, I mean, there's some things that we're obviously doing. Mm. that is bad for the area around us. There's someone in prison right now because Chevron did it and then they destroyed his life when he spoke up against mm. it. And that's what happens. That Go listen to Bo Burnham's That's How the World Works and get back to us. Again. Yeah. It's true. It's all true. Anyhow, great story. Yeah. It's weird that I mentioned that one a couple <laughs> know, episodes back and it was in this episode that you were writing.
1: So, yeah. And it's funny that Mac was there. It wasn't just a yeah. story. Mac Return was actually Mac. involved. That story is... A really good story, and the skeptoid part of it is not incorrect, but also a lot of these people and a lot of these scientists aren't set up to be able to study like UFOs or paranormal stuff. So if they go into it, it, it might be somebody that's not quite experienced enough to know not to use yeah. themselves, in John Max's case, regressing people, maybe have somebody else do it in a clinical setting. True, true, true. true. Um. Yeah. Or a reporter that doesn't know, or it's kind of second nature. When you're doing a story, you don't need to segregate everybody. Sometimes you get everybody close together telling the same story. It's better. Yeah. So you know who we should have had
0: for this episode? Hmm. Should have had Heather here. Yeah, that would have been a good one. Yeah, Heather, because we think she's been abducted, and we think one of her children That's, is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I was.
0: Yeah, we could. when, when Next episode she's in for, uh, which should be next time when you get home from work um yeah we'll we'll sit down with her and we'll have her uh we'll have to talk to her about her abduction her little experience yeah maybe we'll do that when we record the videos for this episode yeah while traveling along the a70 with his friend colin wright at just after 10 p.m on august seventeenth, nineteen 1992 gary wood noticed a black object in the distance Alerting his friend, both men watched as the object came closer before a blinding white light formed a wall in front of the vehicle. Wood continued to drive the car forward, transfixed by the bright intensity. The next thing both men knew, the car had come to a complete stop facing the opposite direction. They had no memory of turning the vehicle around or what had happened to the light and the object they had seen. When Wood looked at his wristwatch, it now read just after 11 p.m. Both men, extremely shaken, realized something was wrong. They would reluctantly undergo hypnotic regression to try to recover the lost hour of time. The results were startling. Both spoke of feeling an intense pain as the car had driven into the light, as if they were experiencing a strong electric shock. Three extraterrestrial beings had come to the vehicle and escorted both men onto their spacecraft which had landed in the road. Each was stripped of his clothing and placed on a table for examination. Wood recalled that he could hear agonizing human screams coming from the room around him. Overseeing the whole episode was a taller creature, with a large head and big, dark eyes. However, it is what Wood claimed the alien, through telepathy, said to him that is perhaps most chilling. In response to a question Wood could not recall asking, the tall alien stated, quote, Sanctuary,
1: we are here already and we are coming here.
0: Creepy the we are here already bit ties in with all like the star child and like children and stuff like that, where the cross uh, breeding is what a lot of people fear. Even some, there's a lot of like decent amount of Christians out there that think that that's the, the end game for, um, Oh, that the devil's doing (laughs) that. Or those are the demonic children. Yeah. Like, like almost like the, the the breeding that you hear aliens doing with, with humanity is actually demons doing that. Like, and to their credit, there are some, I mean, you could find ways to say that, no, you couldn't. You could actually. I'd believe in alien abduction before. Oh, for no, for sure. I'd I say, would believe yeah. that they were right about that. For sure. I'd say that, but there's within the belief system,
1: there's reason to believe that, every, that that could easily be just as plausible. In the belief system, there's also every reason to believe that anything outside of that belief system is demonic. That's where I struggle with it sometimes. I know that's where you struggle with it.
0: I know you've been deceived. You poor thing.
1: I have. I'm going to stay that way. You poor, ironic Christian.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's shit, man. That's weird. Sanctuary. Uh, you think those were... No, it couldn't have been. I was going to say, you think those are like the lizard people? Like the ones that... Because I think that's... If, if we're that, going to get weird with
1: it, I think lizard people are oh, what's yeah. coming would, to take over humanity. They would definitely say it like that. Because yeah. it, you're like, that doesn't make Sanctuary. any sense, but it's really <laughs> scary sounding. So, <laughs> Dude,
0: I'll say no. Uh, well, that's what we need to do. We need to do a lizard person episode. We do reptilian, I guess, lizard peeps. Yeah, it's it's time. We've been arguing about that for a while. (laughs) But the thing is, I think both of us are going to struggle with it. I think it's not going to be one that just even me defending lizard people. And I will wholeheartedly defend lizard people. I low key believe in lizard people. Weird, right? That or is, is that like that kind is, of part for the course? Do you, are you surprised by that? Do you be, do you believe in praying, man? Is the aliens too? I do, man. I'm so glad you asked. Okay, I do. Yeah. There's one story. Shout out the confessionals. There's a guy that talks about, I think he's on a deep underground military base episode. And uh, he talks about seeing a mantis, like a guy that just looked like a mantis. I know there's mm. been like a sight, a bunch of sightings in England before that one. Really? Then I guess we have to do an episode on mantis people as well. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that weird, though, that, that so many weird. people are seeing the same thing? Yeah, That would be scary, because what if
1: they ate your head off? I know, they just got the, yeah. the big ass.
0: Like, we the think they're, they're cool when forearms. they're
1: bugs, but what if they're, like, your size?
0: Who thinks they're cool when they're bugs? Those things are fucking
1: creepy. Somehow. Yeah, they are.
0: Seeing pop heads right off things. <laughs> and give a shit. All you know? right.
1: So, with the new Millennium, Mac's interest, we're going to go back to Mac for a second.
0: Where's this at?
1: It's down pretty far. What is it, Blink-182? Is that? Oh down, oh, down,
0: down, down,
1: no. no. down. I've only heard their popular
0: songs. Oh, <laughs> really? Right. I'm so sorry, or whatever. That's off the same album, <laughs>
1: if that helps, <laughs> from 2003. So it's not the old stuff that everyone's a, a fan of. But. That's good, because once we get back here, we're going to go to 2003. Neat. All right, did you find us? I didn't. Oh, with the, I did. Okay, I found it. Okay, with the new millennium, Max's interest had shifted to a new mystery, the survival of consciousness. Particularly, particularly the story of his friends, Elizabeth Targ, a psychiatrist with an interest in the paranormal, and her husband, Mark Cummings, a theoretical physicist specializing in alternative energy. That's weird. It's a little strange. Sounds cool, though. Targ's, Targ's grandfather, William, as an editor-in-chief of G.P. Putnam's, had published The Godfather... And her father, Russell, an inventor of the laser, conducted top-secret extrasensory experiments for the CIA in remote viewing—the ability to visualize objects thousands of miles away. Elizabeth's mother, Joan, was the sister of chess grandmaster Bobby Fischer, and had taught her little brother to play the game of chess. Elizabeth was also a prodigy with unusual mental powers. As a psychiatrist, she practiced distant healing on AIDS patients and later on patients with rare brain tumors. Glioblastomas, I believe is how you say it. Then in a cruel twist of fate, she contracted the same type of cancer and despite her practice of non-traditional prayer therapies she championed died. She died. Um, She was only 40, but now her husband was telling Mac that she was sending him messages of love from beyond the grave. Mac was writing a book about it, Elizabeth and Mark, Before and After Death, The Power of a Field of Love. He sent the proposal off to his literary agent with a note. There's a bit of urgency about this. In a few days, he would be leaving for London to deliver a lecture on his idol, T.E. Lawrence, killed at 46 in a motorcycle accident in England in 1935, which I didn't know about um, Lawrence. Yeah, which is who they made the movie Lawrence of Arabia about. Hmm. I didn't know he died in a motorcycle accident in England. Sounds badass. Yeah, that one's from that's from Vanity Fair. Also, in Vanity Fair is a mention of a time when Mac reassured a friend who had confessed a fear of death, saying, "You never know when it will be your time." He said, "We could all go at any time. I could walk out on the street and get hit by a car." No, I don't like that. It's kind of isn't that weird though. And for those that he he was killed by a drunk driver in England when he walked out, out in front of the car. And yeah. the theory, I mean, there was there's conspiracy theories or that kind of stuff behind his death. But the way it was, it probably happened was he looked left when he should have been looking right because he was in England and walked out in front of this vehicle. Yeah. This guy just happened to be a little drunk, but he, even if he was sober, he would have hit him.
0: Yeah. But wouldn't he have had more time to cross the street? Like, wouldn't if he had to made it at least halfway across the street before that car would hit him? Maybe so,
1: but uh, I think even Mac's family pleaded for leniency in the courts over this drive. Seems like a weird thing to do after the guy. Yeah, looks like your... the government paid him to forgive this guy so that they wouldn't ask too many questions. Well, isn't that just a little suspicious? I just made that part up, but it sounded uh, like it goes with the other side. Yeah, that's what I would argue. It sure does. So. One last thing before we, another before we move on to the yeah. l- end of this, the Russell Targ in remote viewing is is a pretty famous guy. It's weird that he's connected to this story. Yeah, along with the sister of Bobby Fisher, Called Bobby Fish, and then the psychiatrist who was healing people at long distances died of the same cancer that she was healing people of, or what the same yeah. disease she was ke- healing people of. Yeah, there's a lot of. I think catchphrase of the show in general
0: is cosmic irony. Yeah. In a lot of these stories. And that's that's the type of stuff that freaks me out. Like if I have a heart to heart with someone I and mean, or if you ever have one of those moments like, yeah, you don't really know how long your, your time is on this earth. You know, I always get worried if I have to drive home somewhere. So I'm like, shit, did I just premise my own death?
1: Well, it's like when you famous think last it, words for people that get into their fifties, all of a sudden they're like, I could go at any time. And I don't know if any time before I mean, we all have those thoughts, but mm-hmm. I think as the older you get, the more you're like, oh, that time could be tomorrow. Yeah. yeah.
0: I have those thoughts oh. and I'm 31.
1: Yeah. Or why, why does my chest hurt?
0: Yeah. I've, type had, of thing. I've had
1: that as well. Yeah. It's because we don't work out. Oh, that does make sense. So I have one last thing. All right. Let's hear it. a po- potential culprit of the alien abduction experiences is none other than friend, friend and topic of the podcast sleep paralysis.
0: Do you think sleep paralysis is a friend of our podcast?
1: <laughs> We've talked about it before. Now, often. Yeah,
0: it's a very intriguing subject.
1: Up to 40% of the population can suffer from this phenomenon, which I think is too high. Because I don't, mm. you you don't know, think one in every two and a tenth people. I'd say maybe 20 or less, but still, that's not, it's not mm. everybody has this problem. In Lancet, which is the medical journal, journal, sleep paralysis is a common condition. I'm sure people know this, but we'll go over it one more time. Mm. Some estimates go as high as 40% of the general population. The reason why a tiny proportion of sufferers might go on to identify as alien abductees are complex. First, first there is the predisposing psychological profile of the individual, how likely they are, for example, to attribute paranormal explanation to abnormal, abnormal experiences. Second, there is a role that the culture plays in shaping and filters one interpretation of events. In Newfoundland, French told me they talk about the old hag. Newfoundland.
0: Comes. It's Newfoundland. I don't want you to get
1: roasted. In Newfoundland, French told me they talk about the old hag that comes and sits on the sleeper's chest and attempts to suffocate them. In Japan, they talk about Kenishibir which is a which K- is Kanashibari. Kenash- I, I don't want you to get roasted. <laughs> Kanashibari, I'm glad you know that word, which is a no- nocturnal spirit attack. In St. Lucia, it's the spirits of the unbaptized children. Back in Europe in the Middle Ages, it was sex-crazed demons. Yes, I think I might get a lot for that, too. In other words, the basic experience of sleep paralysis remains the same. Nighttime visitations by a malevolent force that interferes with one's body, but the creatures that p- populate both the experience and subsequent waking interpre- interpretations change. So once again, we have people with clear biases against beliefs
0: of any kind making these great medical journal entries about how right they are because they they believe it's all just a matter of the mind and the body.
1: I mean, they're not wrong with what they explain, that those are things yeah. that have been reported but through the years.
0: I think they're minimizing an entire sect of people that don't share those same beliefs. Like, so I don't know. To me, it's weird. Like, it's the same, like, if you were to ask the, the guy from fucking Ghost Adventures to do a legitimate scientific experiment, he'd probably come up with some random shit that fits his beliefs, right? Yeah. And that's that's all this shit is. That's like, so the, the irony here is that any research that you pull is going to be from those subjects. But you'll notice when I do episodes, Christian, that I actually pull from skeptics as well. Or I, I pull scientific data and shit like that and what they say, because I want to give both sides when I let the record show. That my episodes are unbiased.
1: Have we not gone through both sides of this story throughout? Could that be like my skeptics corner right there a little bit?
0: Yeah, we really did let that go, huh? That disappeared for a while. Well,
1: some things aren't just don't always present themselves with that kind of view. True, true, true. This one kind of does. Yeah. (laughs) Even if if you're a believer, this one kind of has a lot of holes in the stories Mm -hmm. that could go the way that maybe you wouldn't want them to. There's potential for
0: it. And some of
1: them could be sleep paralysis.
0: Yeah, but see, again, you'd have to fall into the belief that sleep paralysis isn't some kind of spiritual attack on a the, on the person. Like, and I get, I understand, like, trust me, there's a lot of things for sleep paralysis that I actually do think fit scientific molds. When they they mention certain things. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But there's also certain instances of sleep paralysis that I hear that I'm like, that feels way too spiritual for someone just to have come up with in their in their weird, stupid head and project it into reality. Like people are we've discussed how stupid humanity is ad nauseum on this podcast. I think it's safe to say that that there's certain things that people wouldn't just come up with you know and especially there's certain things people wouldn't come up with and also have shared experiences with multiple other people on the planet hundreds even but not thousands not millions probably there's probably millions there's probably thousands of abductees yeah Dude. Fuck. Yeah. I don't know about millions. I think so. Maybe because thousands. Think of think of the percentage of people that don't talk about it.
1: Okay. Like, how about legitimate abductees?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I was adding in the fake ones. Um, legitimate, probably millions. I don't know. If it's I would that say high. millions. Yeah. I think there's a ton of these dude. I just don't think that people talk about it. Actually, you know, what this reminds me of is there was a, um, have I told you a story that I was once featured on cowabduction.com? Yes. On the front page. I found that picture the other day. Did you? Yeah. I unfortunately the website is no longer, but I did take a screenshot of it. You can't see my full edited picture that I put up there, but it's uh <laughs> I have a screenshot of the front page. Yeah, uh for anyone that may not remember, uh your boy is a graphic designer and I used to get a lot of fun designing weird, weird shit and submitting it places. And this was the one place that actually took it. So I probably wasn't that great, but this was the one website that actually took it. I photographed a, or I took a picture of a cow on like this grassy hillside with a beach and I photoshopped a UFO beaming it up, like manipulated the cow to look like it was being sucked up into this UFO. And I submitted it to cowabduction.com, which was a legit website that looked into all the missing cows in the world. Apparently
1: I would have just called it a website.
0: Yeah. It was a legitimate website, Christian. You, they had an animation that every time you hover over the cow, it'd be like oh, and they'd like fly up in the sky. It was hilarious. But yeah, I was on the front page of that website until the website got pulled. Like mm-hmm. legitimately, my story was in like top six, and I just said I was a photographer that was taking pictures, and I saw this UFO take this. Which cow. is
1: a good example of what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, but see, you're also talking to the dude that pulls this shit off. When people send me videos, like the guy that did the the intro for this episode, Dustin. Shout out Dustin. He sends TikTok videos all the time and 95% of the videos he sends over, I take me it took me 10 seconds to Google it and back, like, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like uh so I'm sure he does that intentionally, but not get, you're not gonna pull one a fast one on me, Dusty. All right, it's not happening. Dustin
1: but, might believe in ghosts. I don't know.
0: Dustin, comment on uh, Instagram or something or TikTok if we have a video up. If you believe in ghosts. Ghost? Yeah. Spirit science. Um alchemy. Kushtaka. Gustaka yeah once again culture jacked for the intro yes uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up right well uh, I think we've got a couple more but we want to have Heather on and so we'll bring her over and we'll record some video of the other stories yeah. and we'll get those up on YouTube uh, when probably within the next few weeks hopefully yep. if things slow down a little bit um, but yeah thanks for tuning in Christian great episode again it's always fun talking alien abductions we gotta do another we gotta do more alien abduction stories yeah for episodes I think people enjoy that
1: some and, people do. Yeah,
0: I know for sure I do. <laughs> I get hella into it, as you may have been able to tell over the course of any episode we talk aliens. Yeah. So what are your
1: what are, what are your thoughts on aliens, folks? Have listeners? you been abducted, and do you want to tell me how I'm wrong because you've been abducted? There you go. You know what we
0: should have? You know what a great idea, what the skeptic corner would be? Hmm. We should revamp the skeptic corner into a we have people leave voicemails for you. And they just tell you how you're wrong about certain things. So then you just have to like refute that. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, we have a voicemail line. So if if you think you can outsmart Christian's beliefs and you can convince him of something paranormal, alien abductions, if you've experienced something and you want Christian to react to it, leave us a voicemail or send an email. I guess that would work too. Uh, The voicemail line is 801-997-0051. I really think that'd be a fun segment. I think that'd be fun for you to hear stories from people and also react to them. And they would also know going in that you're probably not going to believe most of that shit. Right. But some people might stump you, man. Look, there's been times and nobody probably believes it because it doesn't happen too often on the podcast. But there's been times in reality where I've stumped you, like back before we did the podcast Garage Sessions, uh, where I've stumped you, where you've legitimately just made up some random bullshit and been like, I don't.
1: And, I mean, I guess technically that's what you do for half this podcast, anyway. So never mind; it has happened on the podcast. Sometimes it's random stuff based on real reasons why your theory should be debunked. You are not
0: always right. Oh no, for sure. As a matter of fact, I would, I would venture a guess to say that most of the time I could be wrong. I could be wrong too. Sometimes. But most of the time, I'd say it's probably like a solid ninety ten split, where I am right, and then the ten you creep in. And you're just like ah, I got you on this one. Belief is a strong thing. Yeah, it's a powerful weapon. No, belief is. What is belief, John Mayer? Let us know. Um, I, <laughs> I forget, I forgot what the lyrics were. I was gonna do. It. I was gonna do a second. If you can believe it, a second song on this episode. Just blessing everyone's ears today. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you right back here next week. In the meantime, again, follow on socials at Pod, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you're on TikTok uh, doing one of those weird bop it dances, you can find us at TFD Paranormal where we are blessing your ear holes once again. But you also get visuals. You get the fun visuals. Everyone loves that. Sending your stories to the gang at thefreaky.com. And we will see you next week. Goodbye.
2: Looking for a better way to get up out of bed instead of getting on the internet, checking the new hit to get up. push up, pimps, and walking, little bit humble, a little bit cautious. Somewhere between like rocking cosby. Sweating game nub nub, y'all can't copy up. Oh, ben walking. Here's our party. My posse's been on Broadway, and we did it our way. Grown music. I shed my skin and put my bones into everything I record to it. And yet I'm on. Got that stage light going, shine on down. I got that pop parker suit game and plink going. My style money. Stick of my cra- and stick around for these pounds, but I do have to pass the torch and put on for my town. Trust me on my I and, e, and T shit hustler, chasing dreams since I was 14 with that four-track bus halfway across that city with a backpack, fat cat crushing labels out here that can't tell me nothing. We give that to the people and spread across the country here that can't tell me nothing. Like to see and can't hold us Nah Can I kick it? Thank you Yup, I'm so damn grateful. Grew up, really want go fronts, but that's what you get when Wu-Tang raised you and y'all can't stop me. Go hard like God, me no eat on my heartbeat. Eating at the beat like I gave a little speed to a great watch. Short and no short we run, getting up and gone. Goodbye, deuces. I got a world to see. see. my girl, she want to see Rome. Caesar, make you a believer. I nah, never ever did it for a throne. That validation comes with giving it back to the people. Now I sing this song and it goes like, Raise those hands. This is our party. We came here to live life like nobody was watching. I got my city right behind me. If I fall, they got me. From that failure, gain humility. And then we keep marching. I said, Go back. This is the moment. Na 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 na. Hey. na 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 Can we go back? This is the moment, tonight is the night We'll fight till it's over, so we put our hands up like the ceiling can't hold us like the ceiling can't hold us, can we go back? This is the moment, tonight is the night. We'll fight till it's over, so we put our hands up. Like the ceiling can't hold us. Like the ceiling can't hold us. And na 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 hey. na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na.
1: Because that was from... Breaking to Electric yeah.
0: Boogaloo. You feel you feel glad about about that? You feel good about that one?
1: No, it just is it's stuck in my brain mm. all these years, all these years, and it's never gone away.
0: You're not the only one. I've heard Electric Boogaloo multiple times, yeah. many
1: times. And you're too young to even be around when that movie yeah. came out.
0: Yeah, I am. There's something in my you, life.
1: So I'm glad to hear that you know about it. Yeah, because it's a it's a common
0: joke whenever there's a sequel or a two to anything. Yeah. And it's probably just because it rhymes with two.
1: Yeah. And it's uh, so it was whoever came up with that title is ridiculous. Now that we look back on it, you know, at the time I was all exciting because it was about it was a breaking movie, you know, and breaking one was classic at the time for teenagers. So do you remember that Santa rap song we talked about that you eventually looked up? I do. that came from another breaking movie it wasn't breaking it was something called something else but yeah. it was like the New York well they were all in New York at the time but it was I can't remember the name of the movie but well, there for, were a lot of those movies back then for the
0: record I didn't even look that up that was uh, sent in from Mike Turner one of our listeners Mike Turner? Mike Turner maybe some kind of distant relative of yours I don't think it's my uncle I have an Uncle Mike. but I, Is that you, Uncle Mike? I don't know if he's listening to the podcast. Did you send over the uh, the Beat Street rap or the, the Santa's oh, no. rap? No, no. It like, can't be it, it Beat Street. It can't be my Uncle Mike because he died. Oh. Unless he's a
1: ghost. Oh, shit. Wait, welcome back to the podcast, Uncle Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uncle Mike was cool. I'm sure he'll come up on the podcast sometime. Oh, I think all Uncle Mikes are cool. I have an Uncle Mike that's very cool. He was a musician, too.
0: So he has cool musician stories where he did. Was he in a, just an acoustic guitarist or was he like a, in a band? Because acoustic guitarists have sad stories. He would, played, played the,
1: the bongos? Yeah. So he was wild. Yeah. In like 60s, 70s, Cal, or California, Southern California, LA. He played for like... That checks out, yeah. Some, these people were like my grandparents' style of entertainers, like Lola Falana or Vicky Carr. Hmm. So like my parents weren't even really into them. But he was like in their band on their tour and shit. And these were like famous people that were like probably the more stodgy type 60s, late 50s, 60s type of parents would have listened to. Mm, gotcha. So, so he was pretty cool. Shout out Uncle Mike. Yeah. So, so this Mike Turner obviously isn't. Is not your dead uncle. No. No. But shout out shout
0: out to our new uncle Mike. Yep. That listens to the podcast and helps us out when we can't remember raps. Yep. So uh thanks for listening.
1: I'm glad to know somebody somebody gets what I'm saying sometimes, even if you don't.
0: Every once in a while there's someone that writes in and be like, Hey, I think Christian was right about one thing. And it's usually something minor like a song, not really a belief system or anything. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, yeah. Should we get into the episode? We should
1: so weird to have to pull off my glasses
0: well you are uh, 108 so it checks out um i also wear glasses so it's not it's not the best roast
1: yeah i'm not a very good one i've heard better thanks